we've been talking about songs and particularly life songs. And so music kind of is, is the landscape around this series as we're looking into various psalms and the songs of our lives. So I want to ask you if you're a song person or an album person. Now I know I'm dating myself already just by calling it an album as opposed to uh, a recording because there's so many formats these days. But uh, when my kids were growing up, especially my daughter, she loves music and we were always having discussions and every time she'd get in the car, she wanted to listen to her music. And she drove me crazy because she would listen to a song and then she would change it and grab some other song from a different artist. And I'm an album person. And so I, I get an album or a recording of a compilation of songs by a particular artist. And I want to stick with that. And I want to listen to it all the way through. And so it's kind of been me against my whole family as the years have gone by because I'm an album person and they're song people. Um, and I recognize through that that most people tend to be song people. That's one of the reasons that we've developed this thing called a playlist. Because people can take whatever situation they're going through, whatever life moment is happening with them, and there's a song for that, as we've been saying through all of this. And, and so they can take that and they can kind of compile their various favorite songs or a particular genre of music and put it all together in a playlist, and it fits what they're doing. So there's a workout playlist, and there's a, for me, there's a study playlist that I put on while I'm studying typically and reading. Um, and no matter what your life situation is, there's a song for that, and so we compile those into playlists. And so today, the sermon title is really a question, what's on your playlist? And specifically, we're going to be in Psalm 57 today. And Psalm 57 uh, is a, song, a psalm, a song that really is a playlist in and of itself. We'll look at that as we work our way forward, but I, I just want you to know as we go into it that, that the setting for this psalm was in a time of threat in the life of David. We'll talk about that in a few moments. We'll unpack the entire psalm, uh, but I want us to kind of zero in on threats and how we handle them. What song do you sing when you're facing some kind of threat? Now, as a rule, my observations of human nature are that when we're threatened by something, we tend to um, try to neutralize it, neutralize the threat so that it is no longer a threat. And if we can't neutralize it in some other way, then eventually we try to eliminate that threat, whatever it happens to be. But David finds himself where neither of those two options are possible. Psalm 57 is a great psalm for us as we step into a playlist for our lives, especially in times of threat. So as we go into a break here, we're going to give you a couple of questions for you to consider or reflect on. Uh, the first one is, what threat are you dealing with today? And the second one is, how are you dealing with it? What is the song that you are singing in that threat of your life. Let's pray, and then we'll come back in just a few moments. Father, as we come to your word today, we pray that you would uh, take it and work it into our lives, and that this particular song with its various elements of song would resonate with us today. 
and that you would help us to identify those things that are threatening to us and how we're responding to them and then to find your hand, to find your song for us in the midst of that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going to try to learn something from David today. As we face the threats that come up against us in life, and it's not possible for us to either neutralize them or eliminate them, we have to learn to live with them. And so really kind of the big idea that I want you to hang on to today is that when you find yourself in situations like that, find your safe place with God. That's the example that David gives us in this psalm. Uh, And David is dealing with something that is new to him. Uh, It's not that it hasn't been there, but it's at at a heightened level now. Uh, especially this threat is, is unlike that of the threat that was Goliath or even as we go further back into David's life as a shepherd boy and he's got the, the sheep out in the pasture and you know these various predators come in and David faced down those threats and God used those things to help grow his faith in God as we find in Psalm 23 and other places. But uh, in this case, this is a different kind of threat. This is the threat against him from God's anointed king for Israel, that is Saul. And so the background for the psalm that we're about to read is found in 1 Samuel 22 and also 1 Samuel 24. And in those two places, we find David on the run uh, because Saul is after him. David has been anointed the new king of Israel But Saul is the reigning king of Israel, and there is this lag between those two events. And and David is the guy who will be king, but Saul is not going quietly. And so Saul begins to get jealous, and he begins to be suspicious. And so finally, Saul just starts going after David. And so a little bit before that, 1 Samuel 22 is the account where Jonathan shoots his arrows and David he t- said, he warns him and says, hey, my dad's coming after you. You got to make a run for it. And so in two different places within two chapters in 1 Samuel, David finds himself in a cave in hiding. And the second one is where Saul comes in to the cave itself and David has a chance to kill him. His guys want him to kill him, but he won't do it. And he won't do it, he won't eliminate that threat against his life because Saul represents God's anointed. So David now has to deal with that. What do I do with this threat? And so Psalm 57 helps us out with that. David runs, as we've just seen, and now we find that David sings. Psalm 57, look at, uh, at your Bible there and you'll notice before we even get to verse 1, there's a subheading there. And it says this, to the choir master, according to, and then he gives the title of this piece of music, according to Do Not Destroy, which is a miktam of David when he fled from Saul in the cave or to the cave. This is a song from David when he's facing threat. Actually, it's a playlist because what David does here helps us understand something. So let's look at his song. First of all, notice that he takes this situation to God. That's always a good plan. When you're facing some kind of threat, maybe it's the threat of this pandemic and you're concerned about your health. Maybe the threat that you're facing is more of an economic threat because of everything that's going on. Uh, Certainly there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on these days. 
But when you face a threat, what do you do with it? What is the song that you sing? And David teaches us here from the outset that it's a good plan for us to take that situation to God. Uh, and the answer is uh, as to why, why would David do that? Is because it's not the first threat he's ever faced. And throughout his life, God has systematically, consistently taken care of David in the face of threats. And so even though this is a different one, and this is not one that's as easy for him to deal with as some of the other ones might have seemed, I mean, it looks easy when he goes out and faces Goliath, even though we know it's really not. This is different. This is God's anointed who's after him and doesn't know what to do with that. So he takes this song to God and he takes his track record and he brings it to bear on this situation. So let's look quickly at the playlist within this and then we'll unpack that in the final segment today. But the first part of this, uh, this playlist is, I'll just put it in one word. The song title might be Help. And I'm not talking about the Beatles song Help or the movie that they put together with that. I'm talking about David going to God and he says, help me here. That's in verses 1 through 4 and then also in verse 6. We'll read those in just a few moments. But he moves from saying to God, help. And so the second song in this playlist for him is a song of confidence. I'm taken to a, a more recent song. One of the winners of American Idol a few years ago was a guy named Philip Phillips. And he immediately had a hit song after winning that TV show. And we hear it a lot. I hear it on commercials. I hear it on various programs. Uh, but the lyrics are something like this. Uh, you know you're not alone. I'm going to make this place your home. It's a statement of confidence. It's a statement that says in the midst of the threat, there is a level of confidence you can have. And David goes there in this psalm. And then finally, David gets to the point of worship. As a matter of fact, in this particular song, if you are familiar with the music of Third Day, a Christian recording group, uh, they've taken some of the lyrics of this particular song and they've made it into their own worship song. So David does that. Let me just read a few verses here, verses 1 through 4. Uh, this is the help part of it. David says, do you... In, uh, 57 verse 1, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. Selah, rest, think. And then it says God will send out his steadfast love and faithfulness. Verse 5, another statement of worship. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. These things all come together for us to underscore this truth. When you find yourself threatened and you can't do anything about it, find your safe space with God. What's in your hymn book? What is your playlist when you find yourself threatened by something going on around you, some outside force or maybe even some internal struggle that you're having? What is your playlist? What is the hymn book that you have compiled to get you through those times? 
Got a couple of questions for you to think through here and the process through. They'll be up on your screen in just a few moments, and we'll be back for the final segment in just a moment. Okay, so now we're going to kind of dive into the psalm itself, and I want, to, I want to kind of piece it together for us as we walk through, because what we find as we start unpacking this is there is a progression that David follows in this. That's why I say he has his own playlist in this. Uh, he begins with with, I would call it the appeal. In the first three verses, which we read just a few moments ago, uh, David makes this appeal. It is, well, I would say it this way. If, if this was a movie, this would be the place to cue the scary music. Uh, you know how that works in a movie? My family, some members of our family really like scary movies, and and it's not unusual for at least one or two of them to scream out when something happens that scares them. And I kind of always want to go, you know, you should have been listening to the music and you'd know something was coming because the mu movies always prepare us for that. So this is the place for the scary music because what's happening here is a tense moment for David, as we've already talked about. So let me just unpack that very quickly. Verse 1, uh, notice the language is pleading language. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful. That is a repetition. It's a poetic device that underscores the emotion and the intensity behind it. Be merciful to me, O God. In other words, things are not going right. I'm not looking for justice. I'm looking for mercy. As one guy used to say, a preacher friend of mine, used to say, God, you need to get busy here because you're about to lose a good preacher down here. Well, I don't know about the good preacher part, but sometimes uh, any of us feel like we're we're threatened to the point of we may not make it through. David feels that way. Be merciful, he says. Verse 2, he says, I cry out. And that's another great statement. I cry out to God most high. And so he's pleading. He's pushing that agenda forward. This is the language of pleading. It's an appeal to God saying, please don't leave me alone in the midst of this. I might not make it. Verse 4 and verse 6, more pleading. He says in verse 4, My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts. The children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. We might hearken back to that incident in David's life where Saul tries to pin him to the wall by throwing his spear at him. David's reliving some of those things. It's a situation that is not good. Verse 6, They set a net for my steps. My soul was bound down. They dug a pit in my way. But they have fallen into it themselves. And again, Selah at that point. David begins with this pleading tone. And this, this part of his playlist, this song, surfaces at various places through this song. But then he moves to another level. And this is a point of confidence. But before we get to the confidence, we have to understand that the message of this is for any one of us who is struggling to come to terms with the dangers of a situation that seem to threaten our very livelihood or our well-being. Now, that, that's a great point of application for us where we are today, what's going on around us. You may be one of those who have been watching the stock market like a hawk over the last five months because your very livelihood may be at stake with all of that. David teaches us that a great song for us to include in our hymn book, if you will, in our playlist of life in the face of threat is the one of appeal that says, God, please don't abandon me here. Be merciful to me. 
but he moves the confidence from appeal, where he's not confident at all, to the point of confidence that says, now I have something to stand on. This is in verses 2 and 3, uh, where this turn occurs. He begins with that appeal, be merciful, but then there's this turn that happens, verses 2 and 3. Notice the language there. I cry out to the God most high. I've already talked about that, but here, here's the confidence level. To God who fulfills his purpose for me. It's a great statement. It's great because we know what David is talking about there. We can go back to his own anointing. Remember that story where Samuel the prophet is sent by God to David's family place to anoint this new king? And he goes through all of David's brothers and not, that's, none of those are the guy. And finally he asks Jesse, is, is this all the sons you have? Well, no, you know, I have my youngest one. He's out there in the field. Well, go get him. And in that incredible moment of God choosing and identifying that king that Scripture tells us would later be called one who is after God's own heart, that he pulls David in out of the field, and David is anointed there to be the next king of Israel. David had a track record with God, and in this point of threat, when all of that seemed to be going away, David makes this confident statement that he, God, will fulfill his purpose for me. It's a great point of confidence building for all of us. And then in verse 3, he goes on to say, he, that is the God of most high, he will send from heaven and save me. In other words, this same God, as we saw last week, who spoke the words and all of the worlds came into order, brings that resource to David and says to him in his moment of threat, in his moment of appeal for God to do something, David comes back to the truth that says God will, if he has to step out of heaven to save me, he'll do it because that's his purpose. It is a great statement of confidence, which pushes us then to verse 7 another of these songs of confidence on his playlist. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. That repetition, that poetic emphasis. And boy, it's verse 7, a long way from verse 1. When David was going, God, you got to be, mer you, you're going to lose a good king down here for the future. And now in verse 7, David says, I'm steadfast in this. I know, I am confident not because I worked up this confidence, but because you have earned my confidence throughout my life. What a great picture that he gives us there. So how's he going to do that? Verse 10, he says this, For your steadfast love is great to the heavens and your faithfulness to the clouds. David has now settled into who God is, his character, his greatness, his goodness, as we saw last week. David rests in that. And that then opens the door for the next part of his playlist, which is worship. From appeal to confidence to worship. Did you notice the selahs in this? There's two of them in there. And as we saw a few weeks ago, these are built in to help us, and particularly for David and those to whom he's writing this song, it's, it's a point of pause that says, let this sink in. Understand that progression that we're talking about. And so now 
David essentially says that some threats dictate a pause for pondering. They dictate for us that we need to stop and slow down so that we can refocus, get centered in on who God is and on his character. In other words, the only one who can deal with the threat that we're facing. And so David's progression now gets him to the right place, which is worship. That's in verse 5 where it says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over the whole earth. Verses 7 through 11. And you can go back and read that. But all of those come together to help us understand that what David is teaching us, what David is experiencing is that when you find yourself living in the shadow of a threat, the best thing you can do is to find that place with God where he holds you. Worship has a lot to do with how we think and how we feel. And in this, I would say that David's teaching us that we need to move through those thoughts and move through those feelings to move through the songs of the threat expeditiously to get to the point of worship. I'll say it this way. Maybe this will help, us stick, help it stick with us. Don't tarry in the scary when worship awaits. Because there's always a better place to live than in fear. And only God can cast out that fear. Verse 1b is the line that captures me in all of this. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge. The picture there is of a mother bird as she gathers her chicks and protects them, covers them up and protects them. I saw a video not too long ago. Uh, it, it came up on one of my feeds, and it was a video of a mother hen with her babies with her, and a snake was trying to get to those babies. And I, I was just captured by that as that mother hen kept herself between that snake and those babies that were easy prey for him. And eventually the snake just moved on because it wasn't worth the effort. What a great picture. David gives us here that when we're facing threats that are beyond us, we can come and hide with God. Find your safe place with him. This threat that you're facing does not have to be your undoing. God is still alive. He still loves you. He's still active. He's still capable. So find yourself with him. Find your safe place with him. Let's pray and we'll close. Father, thank you for not leaving us to the threats, for not abandoning us in this life that is so full of threats. Help us to settle into you, to build a playlist of songs in our daily living that help us to draw close to you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week.